Hi there, and thanks so much for joining in to listen to CREDC's Grow Clark County podcast. I'm Marnie Farnes, and today I'll be sharing thoughts on scaling your business. With me is special guest Brandon Dawson, co-founder and CEO of Cardone Ventures. If you're not familiar with Brandon, he's a longtime Clark County resident with a successful entrepreneurial track record. We'll be chatting today on what business leaders need to think about when it comes to scaling and growth. Clark County podcasts are aimed at providing entrepreneurs and small businesses with bite-sized pieces of relevant information to help you succeed in business. Our podcast today is sponsored by Firestone Pacific Foods, Perfect Company, and Tiger Stop, as well as our supporting sponsor, IQ Credit Union. In just a moment, we'll be jumping in, but before we do, Here's Julie Ahrens from IQ to share a few words. Hey, hey, business owners. Thank you so much for logging in and clicking in today. We're super excited that you're joining us. My name is Julie Ahrens, also known as IQ Julie, and I'm blessed to work for IQ Credit Union, your local nonprofit, non-bank financial institution in town. We've been around since 1940 helping business owners business dreams come true. So whether you're a startup business and you have this dream and you're not ready to take it to the next step, or maybe you've done this for a really long time and you're ready to get out of business, so maybe you need help with succession planning or retirement planning. Whatever stage you're at in your business dream and in your business journey, IQ Credit Union is ready to help you. We've got a large team of business loan officers, business bankers, business account specialists, and we would love to partner with you. So thank you so much for joining us. We're super proud to sponsor the CREDC live podcast uh, series. Excited you joined us. And IQ Credit Union is super excited to be part of this important series, helping business owners' dreams come true. So next time you need a business loan, business account, or some other business service, we hope you'll consider IQ Credit Union. You'll be glad you did. Hi, Brandon. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. I can't wait to hear all of what you have to share with entrepreneurs and small businesses today. And uh, But before we get into that, tell us who you are. Who's Brandon Dawson? I'm Brandon Dawson. I have been a Clark County resident since 2002. I started out in Lackmas Lake, and now I live on Dawson Ridge uh, in, in Camas, Washington. Uh, I am the founder of a business I started in Clark County in 2003 uh, by the name of Oddigy Group. We grew it from a startup to having over 190 employees. Uh, we sold it in 2016 for 77 times EBITDA, $151 million. Um, and that business was in the business of managing independent business owners as businesses all over the country and throughout uh, the rest of the world when we were acquired. And my job came to a conclusion July 1st of this year. So the Oddigy is still there. Our team is still there running it. And I moved on to starting new businesses about two years ago. Oh, very good. Well, so then you're exactly who I need to talk with about scaling, which is what I'm um, hoping that we can dive into today. And so clearly you've started businesses, you've scaled businesses, obviously. And so the first question I have for you, Brandon, is what is the difference between growing a business and scaling a business? Different people use different descriptions, but if you were to look at what's involved with growing, it's you have to start something, that's first. Second, then you grow it, okay? So you've got to start having it increase in size mm -hmm. and then 
scaling would be defined as the rapid expansion of what you can prove works. And then you exit and there's different kinds of exiting. So what I like to say is that there's actually start, there's growing it, there's scale, then scaling, then exit. And so I add a couple of components in there. And my definition of starting is start, right? You got to, where you have a thought and you put action and get a result. That's the start. The growth is now you have to have an ambition for it to do something other than just exist. And people would say to me, well, that's such an obvious Dawson. Why would you even bring that up? And I would say, I bring that up because there's 31 and a half small to mid-sized businesses, 31 and a half million small to mid-sized businesses in the United States. 25 million of those 31 and a half small to mid-sized businesses have a single employee, which is the founder. And so 5.3 million have between two and 12 employees, and then 600,000 have over 12. So when you start something, uh, you need to start it with the mindset that you're going to grow it. And otherwise you're going to be stuck in that percentage that it's just you and no great business was ever built by any one individual. So the difference between growing and scale, scale is maximizing what you have and scaling is the rapid expansion of what you know works. Both of those are considered growth. Sure. It's how you define your growth and how you prioritize your growth that most business owners don't understand and they get themselves in trouble. So what is the most common way that business owners hold themselves back or get themselves into trouble, if you will? They start their business and then they want to go straight to scaling. They want to bypass the scale component. So they start and go to scaling, which means they start it and then they immediately want to start to add people. But chief three complaints for why businesses fail. And I think it's important to note that two thirds of the 31 and a half small to mid-sized million small to mid-sized businesses mm -hmm. in the United States, the chief three complaints for why they fail, which two thirds of those fail cyclically every five years is can't get demand for the product or service that I offer, that I started and offered. I can't find any good employees and I can't get financing. So when you ask me about growth and scaling, it's if you cannot prove that there's demand for your product or service, and quite honestly, you shouldn't even launch a business if you don't know there's mm -hmm. demand for product or service. So that's really an excuse for lack of commitment to promote your business. Um, and so that's the number one area where businesses fail is they start it. 70% of you listen to Michael Gerber say that businesses, 70% of businesses were started by technicians. They think that the what, so if I was to put a successful business cycle into three components, it'd be the what, the who, and the how. Okay. And, and so 70% of business owners think the what is going to support the growth of their business and they get stuck as a single operator, single employee, because that same technician is unwilling to actually go out on a limb and promote, promote what they do, promote who they do it for, promote why they do it, promote their passion behind it, promote the impact it should make on the individual that works with them, promote that why people should come help them and work with them, promote people in their organization. There's so many different levels of promote. And if you're uncommitted to promoting at all levels, then you have a business where you're working by yourself and it's going to fail. That makes sense. So how do I know when it's time to go from scale to scaling? Scales, maximizing what you have. Scaling is the rapid expansion. So if you bypass scale, so if you start something and you try to rapidly expand it, you don't even know what works in your business. That's going to cause you to be another casualty of the statistics of two-thirds that fail every five years. There are so many businesses and, and, and people would say, well, once you're over a million or two million or five million, I've seen businesses that go from zero to five million to 20 million to 30 million go back to zero within that five-year cycle. Uh, because the building blocks of an organization need to be intentional. And if you look at the statistics I talk about, uh, knowing the number one most important thing is the product and service you offer, there's a demand for it. And once you know there's a demand, then as right, a business right. owner, 
So you promote it, right? That's how you right. find that demand, promote, you're doing it. Then you got to know your profit center. If you don't learn how to make money by yourself, you're never going to outscale a broken business system. So number one is you got to be committed to all aspects of promotion. Number two is you got to know your profit centers. Number three, you have to identify the process of when you promote and that promotion converts to a dollar. Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you do it? And who does it? And then you add people. And that's the fourth equation to growing and scaling a business. When you say all aspects of promotion, being committed to all aspects of promotion, what does that mean? Promote the what you do, promote who you do it for, promote why you do it, promote your passion behind it, promote the benefit to the person that should trust and work with you, promote the impact that you can create in their lives, promote why somebody should join you, work with you and do it in your community with you, promote your people in the process of building your business with you and promote to people why they should want to work with you. So all those are what I define as promotion. If you're not committed equally to all that, you're just stuck talking about the what. People actually don't care about the what. They care about the impact. And then they care about how big you can create that impact. And nothing big was ever created by any one person. So you already know you're stuck if you're just talking about yourself. Good point. So clearly you have to have, you have to go into business with energy. And the word passion is used a lot. So you have to be passionate, but for, you know, for the sake of not overusing the word passion, but clearly listening to you, you have to believe in what you're doing. You have to believe that you can succeed. And I know you talk a lot about that, Brandon. Let's talk about believing in what you're doing and the importance of that. And what does that look like? Yeah. So first and foremost, for your listeners, I want to make sure that we are all on the same page. Because passion doesn't build businesses. Let's look up the word passion. The definition of passion is strong and barely controllable emotion. When you have high emotion in business, you have low intelligence. Now I want to look up the word commitment. So we know definition of passion is strong and barely controllable emotion. And the definition of commitment is the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause, activity, etc. So what I tell every business owner is don't confuse your passion with your commitment. Where there is a lack of commitment, there's a lack of creativity. Where there's a lack of creativity, there will be a lack of promotion. What builds your business is promotion and being committed to it. Passion does not build your business. Because passion is just the emotion. The Passion's emotion and, and high right. emotion equates to low intelligence. It goes up, it comes down, it comes up, it goes down. And so... Because it's not a commitment. So I want to make sure that business owners understand that the words you use to define your your engagement will ultimately, because what you think is what you say, what you say is what you do, what you do becomes your legacy. Business owners who are passionate excuse their failure as people won't receive their passion. But the business owner that started something, if they had any common sense, would not start something that did not solve a problem or demand. And therefore, it was a lack of commitment from the business owner to make sure that their community understood the value proposition and did business with them. So I'd say don't start with passion, start with commitment. I like that. That's actually the word I was looking for, because as I mentioned, when the word passion, you just hear it so often and it's like, well, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, it doesn't mean mean they're being emotional. And you know what? It's defined high emotion equates to low intelligence. So why would you want to be emotional? In fact, I have a rule, and that is the only emotion that belongs in business is the emotion of celebration. Yeah. When you introduce emotion, passion, you introduce low intelligence. So with your commitment, I'm a business owner. I'm committed to my cause or my product or whatever it is, my service, whatever it is I'm 
endeavoring on. How do I retain that commitment when things are hard? By actually acknowledging that nothing great that was ever built was easy. So if it wasn't hard, somebody else would be doing it and you wouldn't have a value proposition. So first of all, that's that emotion piece. You got to be pragmatic. Like if you're committed to building something, it's because you see there's an opportunity or a need. But here's the interesting thing. If you trust what Gerber says in Emeth, and so far I found it to be very accurate, the 70% of business owners started businesses because they were technically inclined at what they did, not because they wanted to be an entrepreneur. Now you got to look within that 70% and ask the question, which we've surveyed 4,000 independent business owners. When you made that technical movement from being an employee to owning your own business, what was it you were so excited to move to that you were willing to leave your job versus what were you leaving that you didn't want to deal with anymore? What percent? And of the 70% has started their own business, 80% of them responded. The reason they started their own business is because they moved away from what they didn't want. They didn't want a boss. They didn't want to be told what to do. They didn't want to have a cap on their earnings. They didn't mm-hmm. want to be told they couldn't handle a certain product or service that they were excited about. They didn't want somebody controlling their time, energy, effort, and dictating to them. So if you think about it, most of those business owners started their business from what they didn't want, not to what they did want. And the problem with that is, is when you are now in charge of the business, like attracts like. So it's called law of circulation. So you will attract into your universe, makes you most comfortable. And you use words like passion versus commitment to people that then convert that to their beliefs. So if you start your business moving away from what you don't want, then you won't want people you hire to feel the way you felt, which means you'll have no accountability, discipline, or results in your business because you didn't like the way that felt when you were working for somebody else. So I'm a business owner. Do I need to plan in the early stages of my business? Do I need to have a plan that includes scaling? Yes. First and foremost, you need to have the awareness. So if you want to start a business and succeed in business, you first have to make the commitment to yourself that however you started that business isn't the way you're going to build your business. Because let me tell you, the false beliefs is what kills these businesses. If I sat on somebody else's payroll for nine months, dreaming up my business, sucking their money out of their business, and then I go start my business, I have this natural belief, everyone's going to do that to me. Now, I don't acknowledge that until I have employees and I feel like they're not putting their best foot forward. And then I'm always questioning, are they shortchanging me because they're setting up their side gig? Interesting. I wouldn't have even considered that. Yeah, Whatever beliefs you brought into your business, they're fortified. So what's most important is to clear your beliefs. If you want to build something and you want that something to be impactful and you started the business because you didn't want a boss, you didn't want to be told what to do, you Mm -hmm. didn't want to cap on your money, then you have to make a commitment that that is not how you're going to hire in. Because employees are opting to go to work for you. They want and need leadership. They need Mm -hmm. to be developed. They need to be nurtured. They need to be shown a bigger way to succeed. See, you avoided all that. And so you assume that's how you're going to build a team behind you and it will never work and it never does work. So when a business owner starts a business, if the business commitment is to grow the business to create impact, then you have to ask yourself, how big of impact do I want to create? Then you need to challenge your awareness as do you have the skills to actually create a business that has that impact? And if not, this is where being honest with yourself is before you go through the pain of starting something that failed, what skills do I need to develop? And I would say most business owners don't put enough emphasis because they're technicians. They think that will carry them. All of our research will show that you can build a technically well-inclined business between 100,000 and 3 million. And then after that, If you don't understand these other practical skill sets, you'll go through either stagnation or decline. 
And the other skill sets is leadership skill sets. Do you have the ability to find, attract, develop, align, and retain great people? Because if you can't do that, there's no such thing as hiring great employees because you have to create that engagement. Right. And no great business was ever built through any one person. So you have to intentionally ask yourself, how am I developing my leadership skills in order to attract people that have an opportunity to succeed by working with me? And that's part of that original promotion. You need to promote that opportunity. Mm -hmm. If you look at Audigy Group, when we sold Audigy Group, 60% of my management team, it was the first jobs they ever had. And they'd been with me anywhere from 12 to 15 years. That management team is still there running for the most part, that business that was sold five years ago and doing a phenomenal job because they were trained as a unified team in the highest level of execution and they were financially aligned. When I sold that business, I paid over $15 million to every one of my employees. I tied them into the transaction value. My president, who's still running that business, made over $10 million. First job he ever had. So the question you have to ask when you're a business owner is how big can I build this thing so I have so many people that want to stay with me that they can help me grow it to be maximum in size, impact, and value. And you should be thinking about that day one, not after you're already six years into it struggling. Brandon, you talk a lot about duplicating yourself. Tell us what that means. Yeah, so I have a rule that I've created that we've helped thousands of business owners understand, implement, and we've been able to measure the impact. It's called the rule of three. If you want to create value within your business, the first thing you have to do is you have to apply the rule of three to you. And the way that works is you take a piece of paper out, you draw three lines. On the left side column, you go through with an honest understanding of where you create the most value within the business cycle. In the middle column, you write down all the things that you're spending your time, energy, and effort on because it's actually what you like doing. And for a lot of business owners, it's all the tinkering that they like to do. In the far right column, you write down all the things that you know your business probably needs from an attention standpoint, but you don't have the skill set, the expertise, or the desire to do it. And you write down as many of those bullet points as you can. So the first rule of three is to get the middle column and the far right column off of your plate so you can do more of where the highest value contribution to the business is. So if you're a technician that's meeting with clients and showing them the value proposition of whatever Mm -hmm. you're technically selling, and then you find somebody to handle your marketing and handle all the other aspects, and you find somebody else to handle your accounting and enter the data into the computer system so you have an organized business structure. Mm -hmm. So the first rule of three is you follow that. Then the second rule of three is first, after that's infrastructure is in place, you duplicate yourself two more times. So there's three of you doing the thing that drives the highest value in the organization. And we have a growth algorithm for how to monetize that, how to, how to actually structure your business so you don't need access mm-hmm. to capital in order to build it. It self-funds. I self-funded Audigy from scratch by generating $50 million in profits, building the business to 186 employees, and then deploying globally our systems, our technologies, our IP to a billion-dollar company, helping them grow to $4 billion because everyone understood their function, they understood their role, and they were all tied together because I started originally with me, my president, and one other employee, and we followed the rule of three all the way through the cycle. So you build a healthy organization. And if you just follow that rule by packing in threes around you constantly, running top-line revenue growth, the highest value contribution to the business, it will self-fund your growth and scaling, and you won't need access to other people's capital. Wow. Yeah, because capital just that is a thing that is always coming up. Any other thoughts you want to add on raising capital or not raising capital? 
So I launched Cardone Ventures two years ago using the same methodologies that we built Autogy and managed a thousand locations under that all grew, all went through their growth and scaling without the need to capital, by the way, because we taught them those principles. Mm -hmm. Today at Cardone Ventures, 24 months later, in our 24th month this year, I'll do more revenue than I did in my last year at Autogy after being in business 15 years. We currently have 67 or 68 employees. We'll be at hundred by the end of this year all teaching thousands of businesses to follow these concepts and grow the way that we have set the standard for how to grow. Mm -hmm. None of them have required capital, even capital intensive businesses, because how you go get capital is a strategy. And so unfortunately, most business owners try to access capital as their growth strategy, but they don't even know how to run their business. So what happens is they do access, if they do access capital, they piss it away. And then you're not going to access more capital. And unfortunately, a majority of the money that gets pissed away in the beginning stages is friends and family money. It's an enormous amount of stress on not only the business operations, but the relationships. And now you enter the high emotion stage again. Mm-hmm. Where there's high emotion, there's low intelligence. So I would tell business owners that you should learn the methodologies we teach, how to start, grow, scale, and exit your business without the capital requirements so that you can run a disciplined organization that self-generates the capital using the growth algorithms that we've created. Interesting. So where you say high emotion, low intelligence, I want to ask a question about that. Does that mean that you're just not thinking? I mean, clearly it's not necessarily literally low intelligence. It just means high emotion means you're depending too much on your emotion and not enough on your intelligence. Yeah. So when you're highly emotional, and if you read Napoleon Hill and any of the Sharon Lecter work and and any of the Mm -hmm. studies that are out there with thought leaders and the scientists When you introduce an immense amount of emotion into equation, you are not making sound, good decisions. (laughs) Right. So you have low intellect and they've mapped the brain to prove all this. You have low intellect when you have high emotion. So Mm -hmm. that's why I say the only emotion that should be introduced into business is the emotion of celebration because who cares, man? That's the whole point. High-fiving and loving each other and and crying with each other because you crushed it. But you introduce sorrow, you introduce pain, you introduce agitation, you introduce irritation, you introduce failure, you introduce constraint, restriction, and friction, and anxiety, and stress into business, you're not going to be making good decisions, especially if your financial sources were friends and family and yourself maxing your credit cards. Yeah, that's never fun. Before we go, what is one or two, maybe three things you want Clark County businesses to know? Really super simple. Understand what I said. There's four things that will build your business. I promise you, if you want to build a business from zero to 25 million stress free, you just need to master eight things. If you master these eight things, it's smooth sailing. First, actually go back and watch this and listen to it and write down all the ways that I said you had to be committed to promotion and don't avoid any of them and be a freak about it. The second thing is you have to be able to isolate your profit centers. You got to know where you make money because so many businesses start creating volume if they are fortunate enough to promote, but then they don't know what their cost structures are. So they run themselves out of money, unfortunately. The third piece is don't start hiring people once you know how to promote and once you know how to create a profit. Write down as best you can, go get help to write down the process of promoting and converting to profit so that when you go to the fourth P, which is people, and you add them to help you, you have a system that they can duplicate because they understand it and you can train them. 
That will get you to about $8 million in size, just perfecting those four Ps. Now you got to perfect the four Ms. The four Ms is model what you can prove work that got you to the 8 million. Model that. Again, work with help to process that out. Promote, profit, process people. Model that. Then teach your people to mimic what you show and can prove works. Because that way you can add new people that can mimic what you can show them. This is how we do it. And then in the process, you will find three natural leaders. Again, rule of three, this will take you to about $15 million. You'll find natural leaders, three people who will hold your team accountable for modeling and mimic the promote, the profit, the process. You have to have those people because you can't do it all yourself. Right. And through that, those three people will be masters of the four P's and the three M's. And then when you have that in place, you have the three masters, you're about 15 million, 10 to 15 million in revenue. Then you multiply your people, you add more people and run them through that same system. And you don't allow people to change things. You only allow them to do what you can prove and show works. That'll take you to 25 million and you won't need access to anybody else's capital. I love it. That's great. I'm pretty sure that I read on your blog that you say businesses don't make people, people make businesses. That's right. Because you can't give me a single example of a remarkable organization that was built around a sole individual. Bezos, two amazing human beings went to space and back in the last week and a half. If you look at those two amazing human beings, you point to me how many people they have working for them because they would never be able to do what they did if they didn't amass a massive army of super intellectual, highly aligned, fully vetted people. And the whole idea, if you want to create a business that's not interreliant, interdependent, and completely contingent on a single person, you must learn to develop a team or there's no leverage in a business. I'm running an exit seminar for 3,000 people with Sharon Lecter Thursday, how to build, scale, grow, and exit your business. And the number one issue for most of these people are they can't even leave their business to go on vacation. How could they possibly have something of value they can sell that isn't going to require them to stay so there is no value for them to sell it? So they trap themselves. And when you learn to untrap yourself and to create massive value, then you create massive net worth, not only for you, but for your team. Okay, really quick. I just thought of one other thing I want to ask you. So I'm a business leader and my team is made up of a lot of different types of people, right? Maybe there's, it's a small team. Maybe it's a big team. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, but they're different than me. They're not me. They have different backgrounds. They have different strengths. They have different personalities. How do you get a business leader to not be afraid of almost the micromanaging sense. What I see a lot of leaders or managers, if you will, doing is they want clones of themselves and they fail to realize that they're actually shooting themselves in the foot in that sense because you want different people because people have their strengths. Make that connection for our listeners. Yeah. So first of all, if you follow the first rule of three that I described, where you write down the attributes and the contributions, it's your highest impact to the business. You write down the things you're tinkering on that you feel good about, but doesn't drive value. And then you write down all the things that you know you probably should be doing. So the first rule of three immediately confronts that. Because first of all, as a business owner, you're not going to attract people like you. It's the number one fallacy. Nobody wants to be you. If they wanted to be you, they wouldn't work for you. So the first <laughs> fallacy is I'm going to hire people like me 
because I'm such a great person and I'm so smart, but the statistics actually point out that you're not. 31 and a half million small to mid-sized businesses, two thirds fail every five years and 25 million have a single sole employee. So first it's that high emotion, low intelligence. If you wanna be pragmatic about building a business, I'll say it a thousand times, you have to build it with people, remarkable people. So you have to convert you thinking you're the big deal with the big idea to actually being a true leader. When you use the word leadership, people confuse authority with leadership. There's one definition of leadership, and I've worked for years with John Maxwell, number one leadership author in the world. The sole job of a leader is to make other people's success easy. So if you're going to use that definition, are you hiring people? Are you onboarding people? Are you showing people how to accomplish their goals through your business because you're making their success so easy you're going to attract a higher caliber person because you're the one person in their life that's going to help lead them to their goals. Because if you can't answer that question, then you're not leading them. You're using authority, your ownership position, and you're dictating to people what you want them to do based on your clouded awareness. So if you accept three stages of business, whatever you do has to be remarkable. Whoever you do it with has to be remarkable. And then how you do it has to be remarkable. Well, I can certainly challenge you, no matter how successful any of these biggest leaders, you can go to Bezos, you can go to Elon, you can look at all these people, (laughs) not one of them have done this alone. So you have to acknowledge that you don't want people like you. You will not attract people like you. Most people, if they're like you, are probably doing what you're doing and feeling and acting the same way you are. You want to be able to find, attract, because finding great employees is an art. Attracting them is a bigger art. Then you need to align them with the business opportunity. That's what you need to do as the business leader. Show them when the business succeeds, you succeed. Then you need to develop them. People would rather be developed with a long career track to feel like they're adding value than they would get compensation. Compensation is third or fourth on the list. And then the fifth, you need to be able to retain them so you're not cycling through your best people. So that's five things as a business owner you need to master to get one great, remarkable contributor into your business. How much are you working on that versus your big idea? That should tell you if you're setting yourself up for failure or success. You know, it's so interesting. You can take these concepts into so many different parts of life. And whether you're a business owner or just a leader in any business, you can take these same principles and apply them to anything. So I've been- And we've, and we've done this anywhere from 1 million in size to 1 billion in size. And we've seen businesses grow three and a half to 15 times X before we got involved because these principles work and they're built after some of the best thought leaders in, on this planet. And we've been uh, practically deploying these and evolving them and developing them. And we really hit a massive, massive escalation curve with Grant Cardone, who is one of the top three social media guys in the planet. He's got the number one sales training business in the world. He's raised more crowdfunding, almost $600 million than anyone else on the planet for multifamily investing. And so when I took all these business concepts and coupled them with his expertise in sales and marketing, and we created a true 10X 360 perspective of your business, we've been able to help thousands of businesses crush it. Very excited about it. We have a team in Vancouver, Washington. We have a team in Scottsdale, Arizona. We have a team in Miami. And this thing will be the biggest thing I've personally ever built working with independent business owners. So it's, it happens to be my area of expertise. Well, thank you for sharing insight, Brandon. You definitely have lots to share. I'm thrilled. And I know that businesses who are listening and thought leaders will definitely benefit. 
People can find me at Brandon M. Dawson on Instagram. It's the easiest way to find me. Or you can go to CardoneVentures.com and we would be more than happy to connect with you. Thanks so much, Brandon, for taking time to share your thoughts on scaling and growth. To you, our listeners, I trust you found some useful nuggets to think about and to put into practice. Join us in September for our next episode when we dive into recruiting workers in a challenging market. We'll hear from three Clark County professionals, April Salisbury, Rainey Lundke, and Erin Lynch, three dynamic thought leaders who are no strangers when it comes to finding the right talent. Until next time, take care.